And you're back with Encounter with God here on Faith FM, and we still have Darren Pratt joining us, who is a uh, an expert on all things uh, related to children. Has spent his entire ministry working with children, and we've invited Darren to stay with us because we felt like we hadn't really finished unpacking, you know, these these two subjects that have sort of come up and uh, are related to each other. We've been talking about mentoring the next generation of ministers and how that the uh, Next Generation Minister program is just taking off like wildfire across North New South Wales and uh, some of the really exciting things. You've got young people that are preaching, young, young people doing Bible studies and in the middle of the playground and, and uh, you know, teaching in in church and all kinds of things. So super exciting program there. But we've also been talking about gaming and uh, violence against young girls in the gaming community. And we noticed that there is a link between the two, Darren. Very much so. And and you get a mentor in the life of a child, the child's not going to be playing a video game. Um, when, when attention is paid to them by um, someone that's really genuinely interested in them, they're not going to be on the screen. They're going to be with the mentor. Now, is this that, is something that Daniel, who messaged us in, and I haven't finished going through all of Daniel's messages. Yeah, I'm not sure the rest of that. But yeah, but it, he, he says a lot of people who play online in, in a competitive fashion are empty. Is it escapism wow. then? He, he goes on, he says, um, they have no real friends, loved ones, um, and more importantly, they don't have Christ. And what you're saying is they don't have a mentor. That's right. To lead them to Christ. And to show them how, you know, real life actually takes place. We might call them not just the fatherless, but the abandoned generation in some ways. Um, of these kids that, it's like the Lord of the Flies type mentality. When there's no mm-hmm. adult in the room, they they get together and that gets, can get really nasty and out of hand. I'd rather see adults in those video games playing with the kids than have none there at all. Mm-hmm. Um, and teaching them value, saying, hey, this is horrible. Let's find a game that's a bit more wholesome, a bit more value. Let's play this game together. So that, um, And teach them what variety, balance and moderation looks like. Do you mm-hmm. think parents will be quite shocked if they actually took, you know, took part of the games oh. the kids are playing as to what their kids are actually doing in these fake realms? It's, it's one of those areas where um, parents and grandparents actually ignore the ratings, even though there might be a... MA 15 plus on the game, that's ignored. Oh, it's a racing game, Grand Theft Auto 5. Isn't Grand um, Theft Auto the one where you can literally rape, rape a woman in the you game? You have to. You rape and kill her in, and steal her money back for a prostitute in order to advance to the next level. So, oh, that's disgusting. Um, the, the pornography in Grand Theft Auto 5, and you're now doing this in virtual reality. You're, you're the... You're, you're looking through the person's eyes as they work their way through the system. So you're actually doing these things in your mind as you work your way through it. So no, it's, not a, it's not a Grand Theft Auto. It's not about racing or stealing a team and stealing a car. It mm. really is um, shoot 'em up violence. Um, and, and, and then we wonder why it is that um, young boys you know, treat girls badly. You know, <laughs> that's what they're being trained to do. Yeah. Yeah, and, and there's a whole lot of debate around this as to um, – it's a bit like the old tobacco industry fights in the 70s and early 80s in that um, a lot of people now are actually being employed to actually prove that video gaming doesn't have a violent effect on people. But the evidence is in. Very clearly it does. Um, and I've read a whole lot about that on both sides. Yeah, it's the rule of the mind. What you observe is what you become. Well, the yeah, Bible exactly. says, as a man thinks, so is he. Yeah. And I think there's something in that. Um, and, and going back to what you were saying earlier about 
you know the 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 the, the lack of parents you know the, the the absent parents and kids you know the whole lord of the flies scenario you know the, the bible says that foolishness lives in the heart of a child and when the bible says that it's not saying that children are stupid it's saying that they don't know everything that an adult knows yep. and that without adults in the picture um, they are going to come unstuck you know that we need to be there to be parents and to teach our children wisdom. That is the job that God has given us to do. And if we are absent from that, they just don't have the wisdom to be able to deal with the the challenges that are being thrown at them. It, it takes some time and intentionality. And, and when those two are, are there, um, yeah, mentoring is natural outpouring output of that is um, just time in a child's life. Yeah. So, so yeah, but yeah, Daniel's point there about um the abandonment, if you like, of this generation is definitely a good one. Yeah, he, he makes another point that um you know that when they play online and you know say a, a girl beats them or something like this or or somebody else beats them, they they can get very angry about it, and they then have the ability to express that anger with anonymity, unhindered, and and that's where it really causes a problem because they can say what they like and think they get away with it. Mm. Um, there's now laws been put in place, by the way, it's coming in now um, to deal with this because um, what happens in the virtual world where they think they can get away with it is a lot worse what they'll say face-to-face. Mm, mm, um, the good old schoolyard, if you like, um, little <laughs> stoush, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that is minor compared to what they can say. And what they say is really horrible, shaming um, behaviour against girls, really vitriolic. Mm. Um, and a discussion off, off air. Just yeah, yeah, go, Mon was... Well, I wanted yeah, to come back to the You're super controversial. <laughs> your piece that was too controversial to go to air. Mon, yeah, rant, I, rant away. Yeah. We censored it. Okay, <laughs> so I have, I have a theory as to why men and boys are so attracted to video games um, and this online realm. And I think it's because, you know, our world has has swung too far um, towards a, a, a feminist realm. I think... Uh, I, I, I just want to temper the feminism thing. Like I'm all for equality, but I'm not Definitely. for imbalance. Hmm. So, um, and I think I think men are finding it hard just to be men, just to be masculine, manly men anymore in our society. I think we've um, what's that word you used again? Uh, emasculated. Emasculated the man. Thanks, Lyle. Hold the word up for me. <laughs> and uh, and I. Th- when the when boys play these video games, like they're playing really macho roles. They're like, you know, they got big guns, they got big muscles, they're running around saving the world, they're like, you know, doing all this kind of like dude stuff, right? Which which has no place in our society anymore, really. We've just we've just cotton wooled uh, the masculinity that, that used to exist and we now have these effeminate, um, you know, almost castrated kind of view of men, and so they escape to where they can be men. But the problem is, of course, it's not a real realm. So that's why I think they're attracted to that that space, and that, that's one of the reasons why I think they would be so angry when a woman shows up in that space because they feel like they've been pushed world. there. Yes. Because women have made real life not so great for men, and now that the women are showing up and they're just disgusted to see them. That's a very interesting observation. It, 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 from it could be a whole new um debate there. Yeah, there yeah, oh, our phones are light up. Yeah, one eight hundred three two four eight four three. Way into this one. Um, or Texas on zero four nine one zero six four six six nine. But you can't. You, the two of you can't disagree that oh, I'm right being a man in today's is a bit more confusing for you guys. I bet when you guys see a woman who like she could probably use some help with opening a door or carrying some heavy stuff or changing a tire. I bet you're wondering to yourself. 
myself, should I still help her or will she like lash back and say, I can do it myself? Like you're probably living in that space right now, right? You, and, you're and you know what I do? It, I offer anyway. And if yeah. she says no thanks, then, then that's fine. I, yeah. say, fine. I definitely <laughs> think chivalry should be encouraged and men should be allowed to, to take, take Absolutely. that role. Absolutely. And, um, but I think, it's a, I think it's a travesty that women have created you know, this well, it was like, and it's like this story that we were talking about the other day, and we didn't get to uh, present it on air. But you know, there was this major freak out um, on the news. I think it was in South Australia where they had found seventy-one weapons at school um, wow. during the year. And you sort of think about, wow, that's just like ridiculously off the scale. But then I was just sort of thinking about it, Darren. And, and let me run this one past you. When you were a kid in primary school, I don't know about you, but I grew up in the bush. We always took a pocket knife to school. Everyone, well, I was given on my tenth birthday. A, a little tomahawk, sharp tomahawk, and a sheep knife. <laughs> and I really thought, now I'm a man. I've, I've become a man. I can be trusted with these things. And my dad showed me how to use them. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I went out and um, it's about today I chopped down a tree and made a jetty in the river with my tomahawk and my knife. And, and that's what my brothers and I did. Um, and we're so, that's so we're Davy so, Crockett. So, I love it. So, yeah, but we're, we are so risk averse these days. And men by nature, you know, mm. have this whole high risk, high reward um, um, psyche, yeah that, the, yeah, that women don't have so much, and 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 I think what we've done is we have um, we have blunted that to the point and taken it away. And I'm not I'm not advocating for knives in school. Don't no, get no, me no, wrong. No, no. I'm not going down that path. But what can we do to yeah. to help our our boys realize what it means to become a man mm-hmm. and that they're good enough to be yes, a man? And it's not wrong to be a man. That's right. That's right. A lot, a lot of um issue we have is that our men don't feel like they're good enough. Yeah. Um, and we need to tell them that and tell them what that looks like and show what it looks like, especially our boys. Um, mm-hmm. and how, this, how, is, this is one of one Daniel once again has been making yes. this, this this exact point right here in the message that he sent through. Yeah, that's a uh, it's 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 something that you know we really need to. Um, have you guys seen the? Um, sorry to cut in. Yeah. Oh, have you guys seen the new? Um, uh, advertising uh, commercials that have come out from the government about uh, teaching boys how to treat women. They've just only been recently been released um, and they're so interesting. And I just think that they're a Band-Aid when they could be focusing on fixing it from the other side. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. Yes, I'm not a great TV watcher or YouTube watcher, so yeah. Um, so it's this whole it's this whole marketing campaign. It's a whole like you know public service announcement from the government, um, teaching uh, in trying to teach kids and and their parents about how um, how not to treat girls because you know that that'll it basically teaches them domestic violence. And so there's this one particular one that I remember seeing. Um, this boy he gets in the car with his dad, his other brother, and his sister, and he's saying that he just he's got detention, and the, and the father's like, "Why did you get detention?" And he's like, oh, I just flicked a girl's skirt up. That's all I did. And the father's like, you got detention for that? What were they thinking? That's so unfair. You shouldn't have got detention for just doing that. And then the little brother's like, yeah, I mean, so what? It's not a big deal. And the little girl goes, yeah, I mean, I've already, you know, acquiesced to the knowledge that I'm going to be harassed and sexually abused as I grow up anyway. And then everyone goes quiet in the car. And the dad sort of like slowly turns around and goes like, that's not what I meant. And then the ad finishes and says, you know, what are we teaching our kids? We need to be aware of what we're teaching our kids. And like looking at that commercial in the light of this discussion on video games, it's like, are we just like trying to throw (laughs) 
little tiny pebbles at a monster. Like, is this commercial going to do anything if we're letting our kids play these video games when they can do so much worse to women? Yeah, so how many yeah. hours do they see that they spend yeah. watching a commercial compared to actually doing playing something the online? Game. Playing yeah, the game. Yeah, yeah. Average of 40 hours per, per week. That's an average in Australia. Maybe the government needs to focus more on, on censorship and, uh, you know, and controlling a little bit more about what uh, video game developers are allowed to put into our commercials in terms of um, I think the, domestic I think, violence. I think the government because you know to, it's um, a big problem when the government starts to make commercials about it. It's not only a big problem, then it must be causing, um, costing them money. Yeah, that's right. So domestic violence must be costing us money if our government is now making TV commercials I think, about uh, it. I think the government needs to take a leaf out of Darren's book and start a uh, mentoring program for Ooh, yes. young girls. Oh, definitely. Mm-hmm. I'll be right in, in on that. A yeah. national mentoring program for our boys and girls. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Bring it on. Bring yep. it on. Yep. Yep. I think we could make a tremendous difference um, to our whole society if we were to do so. Well, I was noticing yesterday, I was walking down a street in Sydney when I was down there for a meeting, and um, there's an increasing trend now. It's not just those little white pods in, in ears. It's, it's a big headphones, block out headphones that now our kids are wearing. And it's like, it's increasing this individualistic, on my own, don't disturb me, mm-hmm. don't talk to me type environment. Um, and and you, look, you go back to my era and you went to get your petrol, someone came out and filled it for you and washed your screen. You had a chat while you're doing that. And asked and asked to check your water and oil. And and, 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 and but yeah, because did that. Back, also, because, because back then your cars used to use, used to need <laughs> that. <laughs> but that also checked on how you were going. It wasn't yeah. just, just the car, it was also how are you going? Mm-hmm. And you got to know the people. The same as going to the bank. You didn't go to the wall. You went inside and you, you knew the teller and you had a conversation with them. Um even going to get your lollies, you would, you would actually go to the lolly store. There used to be lolly stores you go get your lollies from. But now it's all vending machines and um, society has really abandoned us in some ways. And that, that community connection where, where you knew everybody has broken down. Mm. Um, even your neighbours, um, people don't talk to their neighbours anymore. Darren, you're the expert on kids. So I just want to ask, do you think that society has gone a little bit overboard with with child safety and is not allowed kids to you know to climb a tree and scrape a knee and fall over and you know and figure out their own their own limitations you know to some extent you know I, I called them the cotton wool generation. Definitely. Parenting or lawnmower parenting, you call it? Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah. Never let them grow, just chop them off. But, you know, I remember <laughs> I remember, I remember saying to a friend of mine a while ago, I was, I was like, just trying to figure that one out. The lawnmower parent. Wow, how, the, 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 lawnmower helic, the helicopter one, I, can, I understand, but the lawnmower, I'm like, It what? means that you're mowing the way, so there's, you're getting rid of any obstacles in your child's way as they go through life. Yep. Oh. Um, that's lawnmower parenting. So you're lawnmowing a path in front of them. Literally, as they're walking, walking, yep. walking down the road. Yep. Um, so, so, what it's saying is that we are now so overprotective that our kids don't know what it means to fail. The idea of everyone gets a medal, everyone oh. gets a prize or certificate. Mm-hmm. Um, our kids now cry if they don't get one. Well, um, I was I was having a chat with a friend of mine years ago. He was a playground designer, so he designed playgrounds, and he said like. Every year, it's like almost every six months, there's something new that they now have to incorporate to make the playground so, you know, bubbly cotton safe. Wool. Yeah, yep. so cotton wool. Like, oh, if they fall here, oh, then they do that. And it's like they're constantly having to reimagine, you know, rethink, you know, how they're going to. And I'm all for safety. Let me just temper it. 
by saying I'm all for safety. But at some point, it's like, are we going to get to the stage where they're going to tell us that the womb is not the safe place to grow well, up a child, like to grow not, a fetus? We yes, have to you know, put them in some sort debate. of secure vault somewhere <laughs> because you know the womb is not safe enough because a mother goes out walking on the street or something crazy like that. Do you think that that kind of cotton wooling our kids and preferring them to stay at home indoors safe instead of going out in the big wide world, that they're turning once again to video games to have a bit of excitement in their life to, to do something dangerous and scary that actually has no sort of immediate obvious physical consequences. I think you're spot on with that. Um, and yeah, um, the virtual world allows them to be dangerous, to take risks, and, but the, it's a very toxic environment. Um, and the cotton wool mentality, we try and teach resilience in our schools. That's a big thing in our schools to teach resilience. You can't teach resilience. Mm. It, what happens when they have a mum and a dad um, connected in their lives, it, what happens when they're allowed to take risks and to fail and to get up again, that's where resilience is taught. Um, is as they experience it. Um, break a leg, that's fine. We can fix a broken leg, mm-hmm. break an arm. Um, we need to allow um, that sort of thing to happen and for the kids to learn how to problem solve on their own. That's when resilience actually forms. And, and you know, it's it's one of those things is sort of, I, I look back on my childhood and so I'm 46 years old, so um, that's going back to a, a bit of a different generation. But growing up in the bush and I look at uh, I look at a, what a lot of take, a, a lot of what takes place in a computer game and so you have say you have for instance you have your driving games you know and rather than when i was a kid rather than doing a driving game sitting in front of a computer inside four four square walls with the curtains closed in a dark room or whatever um my dad gave us a paddock basher oh well i'm the same yeah i I was i was thinking you're probably the same you know on a clay flat (laughs) (laughs) well we were in tassie so it was kind of like on a hillside and that um that came with a whole bunch of um there was a few of those paddock bashers that ended up on their sides on occasions you know and and the potential for something to go bad is definitely much higher than in a game environment but it you know by by the time I was you know uh, ten twelve years old, I was out in the you know uh, mowing the paddocks with a tractor and, and and these kind of things, and uh, but you know these days we'd rather lock them up. You know you have all these shoot 'em up games. When, when I was a kid, and this will be politically incorrect for a lot of people, but when I was a kid, my dad took me out and taught me how to use a rifle in a safe environment and to, you know, do something good for the environment like get rid of rabbits. Um, and it was just one of those things that, you know, we had that father-son time together where... Um, you were shown in a safe way how Shown to, in a safe way. Yeah. How to be how responsible. To, how to be responsible and use something that is uh, potentially lethal. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there was never that need or that desire to, you know, to, to, to lock myself away in a room and, and do really, really horrific things on a computer screen. That's da- right. Darren, did I tell you recently I lost my temper with a video gamer? Really? Yeah, was yeah, this? yeah. So this was, this was at my house. Um, my housemates had a bunch of their friends over and one of them had been playing video games for almost 12 hours nonstop. And I noticed that he was hungry because every now and then he'd get up and check our fridge. And so I made him a sandwich uh, without even being asked to. And I came over to hand it to him and he there was no more on the table for me to put it because it was all this like, you know, video game paraphernalia. And he was so into this video game he didn't even want to press pause to take the plate out of my hand. And so I'm standing there, grown woman who's made a sandwich for a guy without being asked, trying to hand him no, this sandwich. Yep. And he couldn't even press pause or stop or end the game to take it from my hand. And I got so – I lost my temper thinking about 
what has video games done to this man that he has so he's so far gone that he no longer has the manners to just take it out of my hand. He's and leaving food, me standing there. Food is a pretty motivating kind of thing. Yeah. Normally for, yeah. for a kid. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, like, but yeah, I, you're saying 12 hours. Um, I know of, of kids that are going longer than that without eating or going to the bathroom or anything. And there's some really st- stories in media of um, um, some some um, people actually died at the screens um, oh, because wow. they've just been couldn't leave the game. Mm-hmm. Um, this whole screen addiction thing is huge, and it sounds like your friend's got a touch of it. He, yeah, um, he, he's a recovering addict. So, I mean, he, he used to – he gave all this stuff away because he realised what it did to him, but when he was over at our house and someone else had brought it along, so he sort of got sucked back down into it. But, yeah, he didn't end up eating the sandwich. I ate that thing myself. So, <laughs> yeah, didn't end well for him. <laughs> yeah, this is a, uh, a very challenging environment that we find ourselves in, and I think that uh, you know we need to get our kids out into a real environment doing real things – Spending time with their parents, their parents mentoring this for yeah, them. Parents are the primary mentors. Yeah. But then we need to increase that. i
You were listening to Melissa Otto, Oh the Sweetness, here on Faith FM, and we probably should get back to our normal uh, our normal encounter with God section at some time, some stage today. And we have a clue that uh, a quiz that is um, long overdue for being answered. We've we've had a yes. we've had a great just a great rant here this morning. Yeah, we have. We've all been on, up um, on our soapboxes and giving our two cents and having a rant. Have a good information. Six cents. Always enjoy it when Darren comes today. into the into the program we because we get to talk about important stuff. Uh, particularly with our kids. In fact, you know, even before we move on to this, Darren, you were just saying, uh, making a very interesting observation. I asked Darren about uh, where he went to church as a kid because he had great mentoring as a kid. I had great mentoring as a kid. Um, and, and I think that's a lot to do with why, you know, both of us are where we are today. And Darren was saying that he went to a small church. And I've always looked at small churches and gone, you know what? Small churches, they kind of struggle because, you know, how do you provide all of the, you know, the, the different, you know, Sabbath or Sunday school classes, whatever it might be, for mm. all the different age groups. And, you know, how do you run a, a Pathfinder club or a Scout club or, a, you know, uh, you know, all of these kind of services? A big church can do all of that. But your parents actually intentionally took you out of a big church to a small church. Yeah, when I was about 10 or 11, um, they said, well, we need to have our children feel like they belong and are involved. So we the whole family up and moved from Mildura Church, the bigger church, to a smaller de- um, church at Dayton. Never heard of it. Which is right, which, <laughs> right up there in northern New South Wales, um, right up right up um, on, the, on the New South Wales side of the river, but it's in the Victorian Conference. So it's sort of um, yep. part of the Victorian looks after it. But um, basically, they wanted their children to be involved and to feel like they belonged. So um, we went to a, about 20, 25 member church. And right from the start, we were mentored and involved in doing the lesson, adult lesson. So rather um, than being a kid in that church, you are a member rather than a yes. kid. Yes. Well, I was part of the intergenerational community and felt like I could contribute to that. Mm-hmm. And um, felt like I belonged. I understand how that works. Like, because I'm a I'm a member at Toastmasters. Yes. And um and I've been to both a big club and a, and a tiny club. And the tiny club I grew so much more because like they, they gave me more. roles. They had to get me to do stuff. I was getting involved. I was getting excellent mentorship from several people. And when I went to the big club and met people who had been in Toastmasters three times as long as I had, and they had never even come close to to uh, you know experiencing and doing all the different roles that I had to now experience and you know have competency and so yeah. I can understand how that would work. Yeah, and I think um God moves powerfully in your life when you have to do those things. Um you step up and mm-hmm. you you might make mistakes, but no one ever told you off. I was mentored. Yeah. Um I, I had men and women in my life from the very young age who were speaking to my life and people ask, Well why are you a pastor and why do you have three brothers who are pastors? Because we stepped up and, and mm-hmm. God worked with that. I believe, mm. um, and and put us on that road to ministry, and um, I think that's why I'm so passionate about next generation minister because I wanted these kids to experience what I experienced growing mm. up, mm. Um, and I I say what's going to happen in the world if we can get a whole whole bunch of kids who are mentored like that mm-hmm. um, in our churches. What's the Facebook page again for next generation minister? Next generation minister. Oh, how about that? Okay, let, <laughs> let me Who give, would have guessed? <laughs> let me give you another clue for this uh, quiz yeah, that this neither one. of you have gotten so far. You're going to get it now, though. This is a really easy clue. Hang on, let me just see. What's oh, yeah, the second yeah. miracle? Uh, oh. So do you, the, the, the last, well, let me run you through them all. So it's, what city am I? Nathaniel is from the city. The city is located in Galilee. Jesus' second miracle took place in this city. Mm. And now for the fourth clue, Jesus' first miracle 
occurred in this city. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Don't say it. Don't say it. <laughs> I like how they did the second miracle first and then the Dad, first miracle like, second. What? <laughs> I'm trying to think, what's his second? I know he's first. Yeah. I know the city. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so they now know the answers, but there's still a prize uh, involved mom, in this one. So give just, us a call. He's just like messing with our heads. <laughs> second miracle. Come 1-800-FAITH-FM. 1-800-324-843. If you think you know the answer, give me a call. We'll send you the prize. You know, Darren, when it comes to these really um, obscure ones, you, you'll like this. Um, the, the, typically, if there's one of these really obscure quizzes, oh, I just can't get it. It's usually a kid who calls up with the answer. <laughs> it's hilarious. It's hilarious. And then they win double prizes and it makes me so happy. So Chloe from, uh, where, where was Chloe from? Gimpy or somewhere or other? Something She's like called in a couple of times and then uh, there was another kid who called in another time and it's just like, yeah. I like to talk about their family make, and, make the and what's yeah. going on there. I, I can guarantee... That they've got parents who are reading them my Bible story. I can almost guarantee. You want to get a good series for your kids? Yeah. Go to Better Books and Foods in in Kurumbong or your local ABC. Um, that's the Adventist Book Centre, and get my Bible story and and read it to your kids. It's the best it series it to is. teach your kids. The now, Bible. when you say my Bible story, is this something you've written? No, <laughs> this was written when I was a kid. Yeah, so this is literally called My Bible it's Story. It's called My Bible Story. It's written by Arthur Maxwell. Arthur it's Maxwell. the best series, stories you'll get on, on all the obscure things in the Bible. Well, it's all there. It goes yeah. right through it. I mean, these have been around so long that my father was raised on them. You were raised on them. My kids have been raised on them. They are updated. Uh, because, you know, some of the stories sort of become a little bit irrelevant yeah. and so, so the old ones, the pictures certainly became irrelevant. Yes, yes. <laughs> but, um, you know, they, they are so good that they have just never gone out of print. That's right. You know. and, and so these questions... Where, where, do you ever, where do you ever find a, a series of kid book, kids' books that just never goes out of print? This is probably the best-selling books you ever find. Now, the mm-hmm. Bible's number one, but yeah. I think this could almost be number two, yeah. um, at least in the, in the Western world where it's, where it's been sold regularly. It used to be sold door-to-door. I think it still is sold door-to-door. I, I think it is, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, if you want to, want to find out where to get it, call Faith FM and we'll tell you how to get it. Absolutely. 1-800-324-843 is our number. Um, we can uh, hook you up with uh, a series set of, set of those books or give us a text on 0491-064-669. we ever going to get to our encounter? I don't with think we are because we have less than two and a half minutes <laughs> left and I'm not sure what we're going to study in two and a half minutes. All right. I'm going to read one verse. I'm going to get right. you to read one verse okay. actually. So this, okay. is, this, is, this is from our, uh, our Bible study for today. Um, Acts chapter 2. Which Mon. we've been discussing in some ways anyway with the yes, generation that, minister. That's right. Absolutely. <laughs> mm-hmm. Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. Just that verse. That'll, that'll do. It sums it all up right here. All the believers devoted themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship fellowship and to sharing in meals, including the Lord's Supper and to prayer. Thank you. And so mine simply puts it, uh, they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, breaking of bread, that's eating, and prayer. So there is your Acts model of evangelism. And there is mentorship right there. That's, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's exactly right because you've got doctrine. Okay, yeah, we all understand that. But the very next thing that it gives after doctrine is food. Mm-hmm. You know, this is, this is the community sitting down and eating together. That's mentorship. And then prayer. You know, and having all things together in common. They haven't been, you know, splitting people up and sending this group here, that group there, some other group. They are all together worshiping. And to cut long story short, there, that says later on, the Lord added to the number daily those who have been saved because of that. Yeah, hey hey, Darren, with your um, your your um. Next generation minister thing. So that's, you know, about kids being mentored. What about people who are interested in doing some mentorship? 
Like to be a mentor. Yeah, well, we're, we're, as the kids respond, we are identifying those people in the churches. We're making sure that we intentionally find someone that we think it will be a good mentor to mentor these kids. If you want to be involved, then, then let, let me know. Um, we should um, we should have another 10 minutes of this show <laughs> so we can discuss like how to be a good mentor, like how to be a healthy mentor and how to you know guide a young mind. Cause I don't I've think got an email. I got an email from uh, Darren's secretary with some more dates on it. Yes, oh. maybe we'll do so it. Maybe I'm, we'll back. Do it. I'm coming back. back. We'll, now yeah. I'm traveling all the time, but these are booked in, so I can. Because you said one of the problems with our kids these days is they don't have any male figures in their life. But how about we teach people how to actually mentor the kids? Well, let's, this next, is a really important discussion. I'll tell you why yeah. it's an important discussion is because as men, we are somewhat afraid of connecting with children mm-hmm. because of the mm-hmm. you know the bad mm-hmm. reputation yeah. that yeah. Uh, you know the whole royal commission etc 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 has uh, you know in an institutional environment has placed on us. So. Yeah, let's talk about that. next next date. Let's do how to be a good mentor. Yeah, and we can we can approach a problem from both sides. I think that'd be wonderful. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us today, Dan. We really appreciated having you come. I in love and share being your in this studio. Yeah, good. <laughs> we need to get you in more often. We need to have a maybe like a monthly date with Darren. <laughs> Stay tuned. Question of the day coming up next.
fantastic food, fun, friends and fellowship? Sure do. Then join us at the Philos Food Hub. For $5, you can receive a large food pack with free fruit and veggies thrown in and a complimentary breakfast as well. Wow. Where? At the Adventist Church on Newcastle Road, Walls End, number 63. Is that the big iconic A-frame church near the roundabout? Sure is, and it starts 10am every Thursday. Great. I'll see you there.
listening to Alison Brooke with no words here on Faith FM. We have come to, oh, the question of the day time. Yeah. Yes. Let's get into question of the day. It's a very serious question today. So a listener has texted us through Instagram and has asked the questions, should Christians hold combatant roles in the, in the military? Yeah, now that's an interesting one and this is one in which I'm sure there are going to be many people who will vehemently agree with me and many who will vehemently disagree with me. So on that basis, please feel free to weigh into the conversation so you know what our number is, 0491 if you'd like to send us a text message. Um, you can call us on 1-800-324-843. However, I'm going to present... Um, my view on this a very simple way. The Bible says in Exodus chapter 20 as a part of the Ten Commandments, thou shalt not kill. Now, that means that as human beings, we don't have the right to take another person's life. We have to ask ourselves the question, why? Why is it that a human being has no right to take the life of another human being? And the answer is very simple. As human beings, we can't read a person's mind. We can't judge another person. When a person dies, their opportunity for salvation ends at that particular point. Um, and you know the probation is closed. And so if we take another person's life, what we are doing is we are cutting off their opportunity either for or against salvation. We are making that decision on their behalf. And God says, no, you don't have the right to make that decision on their behalf. And this is why the Bible says thou shalt not kill. I mean, there's a host of other reasons why as well. But this is a very important reason why God says don't go killing other people. The question that that arises is this. Um, should it just be in cases of murder or should it be actual killing? Thou shalt not kill. Well, the Bible says thou shalt not kill. It doesn't say thou shalt not murder. And then the question arises, well, you know, what about all of those times in the Old Testament where God's people went to war and they killed lots of other people? Doesn't that give justification for people to join the military today? And here's what I would say to that. Throughout the Bible, Old Testament, New Testament, nothing changes. God always has the right and the ability to take a person's life. He is sovereign God and he can read our thoughts. He can understand our uh, what we are thinking. And he knows because of that, he, can, he has the right to be able to choose when a person's probation comes to an end, when that time is over. And of course, the whole purpose of the judgment is to demonstrate that his his, uh, his decision in closing a person's probation, bringing an end to their life, is a right and proper decision. And so throughout the Bible, you'll find that God kills people in a lot of different ways. Uh, the flood, they were drowned. Uh, you can find some very dramatic ones where he pours fire down from them. You've got uh, Ananias and Sapphira who are uh, you know, just apparently struck dead in, uh, you know, in that situation in the book of Acts. And we could go on and on. God uses many different methods for many different reasons. Um, in taking people's lives. At the end of time, of course, the lake of fire. Now, the important thing is that God is the one who is doing this. And under the theocracy, a theocracy is government by God, where God would communicate directly to the nation of Israel, either through you know, the prophets or the priests or you know, the judges and so forth, then God would sometimes uh, use other people, in other words, the nation of Israel, to take the lives of others. And so you only ever find this um, coming through under the theocracy where God is in control and God is giving instruction where this takes place in a righteous manner. And so, in effect, yes, they do go to war. No question about that. 
but they are going to war under God's instructions. My question is this. If you go to war you know, today under Scott Morrison's instructions or if you go to war under Donald Trump's uh, instructions or somebody else like that, whatever part of the world you come from, are you doing that in a righteous way? Is this God-directed? And how do you know that the other person on the other side isn't praying just as hard as what you are praying to the same God? You know, this is a, a question that we need to ask. And I would say, no, we should not be involved in the military in combatant roles. Now, uh, the person particularly want to know about the Air Force, and I would say that flying is just incredibly fun, an awesome thing to do. And there are many great careers in flying. And if you enjoy some adrenaline flying, there are those opportunities as well. So Go for it. Go hard. Uh, great career to get involved in, but I would not be involved in uh, taking other people's lives. Thank you so much for answering that. Lyle, if you have a question, uh, give us a call and uh, we will answer that on a Faith FM question of the day. The number, of course, is 1-800-FAITH-FM. And Lyle, just before we go, we have one more clue for the quiz left and our prize today. I haven't really looked at the prizes. The prize today is a copy of the KJV Audio Bible. So it's an MP3 uh, disc set where you can listen to your Bible being spoken and narrated to you, like to get in your car, sit at home, wherever you're going. Last clue for the quiz, what city am I? This is the city where Jesus turned the water into wine. Mm, there you go. What yeah. city is that? If you know what city that is, give us a call, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. And you could be getting a copy of the KJV Audio Bible sent to you free of charge. Give us a call now. And stay tuned for our other giveaways happening next.
Welcome back to Faith FM. And as I just promised, we indeed have two more giveaways today in the last three minutes of our show. Would you believe we're just giving stuff out left, right and centre. So today's free giveaway, just just be the first person to call through. That's all you have to do. Call through now, 1-800-FAITH-FM, 1-800-324-843. And you'll receive a copy of this wonderful book called The Christian Art of War. So Lyle just answered the wonderful uh, Q of the D about whether or not Christians should be in military uh, combatancy. And this is a really great book. Uh, going along with that, The Christian Art of War by Ivor Myers, Spiritual Lessons on the Battle Against Self. On the back, it says... His father, a career soldier, Ivor Myers grew up in a culture of warfare. From his childhood into his adult years, he practiced the art of hand-to-hand combatant training in the martial arts. But when he put his faith in Christ, Myers put away the weapons of the world and began training for a different kind of conflict that all Christians must face, the war against self. Now, using a unique, refreshing, but biblical approach, Pastor Myers shares the powerful lessons to help conquer the enemy within each of us. Using military strategy, combat training techniques, and even the laws of nature and of the animal kingdom, Myers uncovers the secrets of experiencing lasting victory in the fight of faith. What is the difference between a civilian and a soldier in the battle against self? How do the laws of motion, gravity and heat reveal vital keys to gaining victory over sin? You'll learn all this and more to ultimately discover how Jesus Christ can help you become a master warrior in every facet of your life. How, Whether you struggle with pornography, impure thoughts, drug addictions or other sins that burden your heart, this book, The Christian Art of War, will encourage you. These lessons will teach you to fight honorably, courageously and by the grace of God become more than conquerors. This is a fabulous book. I have read many books by Pastor Ivan Myers and I can highly recommend every single one of them. Give us a call now. 1-800-FAITH-FM is our number. It's 1-800-324-843 and we will send you a free copy of The Christian Art of War. Now, our other giveaway. Oh, we are running out of these. We had a hundred to give away and we are down to our last 18 copies. There's still time. Go to youtube.com. You know where it is. Search for Faith FM Australia. Click on our channel, our brand new YouTube channel. Click subscribe and we will send you a copy of Nature's Superfoods. It's a wonderful cookbook. It's simply natural and super healthy. It covers 28 Superfoods, giving recipes, information, tips, benefits, availability, all the different kinds of stats about the 28 different superfoods, top superfoods that can help you get more fruit and vegetables and nuts and seeds into your diet. We're going to send you this cookbook for free. All you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel and we'll be in touch with you. Thank you so much for listening to the show this morning. We've had a wonderful time. Thanks, Darren, for coming in. And we'll see you tomorrow morning after the 7 o'clock news.
I'm not on my own.